It's time for the Financial Cafe, airing every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on 88.7 WSIE The Sound. Today's show is underwritten by The Chef Shop, your hometown kitchen accessory store, where a good cup of coffee starts every day right. The views expressed of the Financial Cafe are those of the hosts and do not represent the views of Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, the SIU Board of Trustees, or WSIE Radio. Securities offered through Nickel Investors Corporation at Number One Executive Park, Granite City, Illinois, member FINRA and SIPC. If I And now, welcome to the Financial Cafe and our hosts, Larry Lexo and John Graney. And here we are once again, John. Good morning, Larry. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. This is the Financial Cafe. I have to start this segment by uh, telling everybody about our little disclaimer that uh, we are not accountants, CPAs. We do not give tax advice. Specifically, you should consult your expert for that. <clears throat> We're not attorneys. We don't give legal advice. John plays one on TV sometimes, but you know, other than that. Uh, so therefore, we're going to give you our opinion of a very important topic. And the radio station does a very good job of clarifying that our opinions are our opinions and of no one else with any sane mind. Or insane mind. And, well, they just don't know it. Yeah, I know. So, yes, uh, we will be talking about some year-end planning tips. Uh, and given that Letterman started the top ten list, we'll go with that. So we have our top ten year-end planning list. Wait a minute, John. It's not even Halloween, and we're talking about year-end planning? That's a good time. It's planning. It's planning. It's not year-end. It's, it's planning. year-end planning. So we're planning for the year-end, and year we're giving ourselves eight weeks. Planning. Eight weeks to get it done. To get it done. Okay, here we go. So, in the spirit of we are not tax advisors, we should harvest our losses. And Which just is what good, is, I mean, I think it's appropriate to start off with harvest, giving that harvest season. It is harvest time. <clears throat> and give us an example of harvesting our losses, John. Well, if you have some stocks that have some losses, it and you don't want to keep those stocks, now's a good time to sell them, harvest those losses, and they can be used to offset gains in other stocks or other assets that you sold throughout the year. There's the key. If you have gains, if you sell stocks for whatever reason, because you think they've met uh, their expectation for growth, or you just cashed them in to buy whatever, a new car, fix a roof, so forth, then you're going to pay potentially long-term or short-term capital gains on those, and those can only be offset by losses of the similar type. So it is appropriate to sell off <clears throat> any investment that has a loss to help offset the gains that you have in other winners. Correct. Uh, short-term losses are taxed at your ordinary income rate. Uh, long-term losses are taxed at the long-term gain rate, which so far is less than the short-term rate. So you match those up against each other. And hopefully you have a situation where you've captured some gains, you've got rid of some losers, and net-net, you're not paying taxes, which is a great thing, um, which I'm a high proponent of. I love not paying taxes. I do, too, because they do such wonderful things like study shrimp on a treadmill. <laughs> so 
Number two on our list is maxing out contributions. This is a good one. A lot of times it gets overlooked. You are making your 401k contributions. You have yourself a Roth IRA set up or you have yourself a, uh, a different IRA, a rollover IRA. Or traditional. Or traditional, and you're eligible to make a contribution to those. Make sure you do them because uh, that will help, again, reduce your taxable income. Um, also, a lot of times it just gets overlooked and you lose 12 months of being able to contribute to it because you're capped each year on how much you can contribute to these accounts. And again, that limit on a 401k plan is $18,000 for anyone who is 49 years or younger and 24000 for anyone who is 50 or older. A good way to, to look at that is look at your, your paycheck because typically on your paycheck it will show how much has been withheld from your pay during the year to date. Uh, to go into the plan, and if you're nowhere near the 18 or the 24,000, <coughs> pardon me, then okay. I know, yeah, frog. Um, then it will go into your payroll folks, your HR, uh, depending on what size company, and check to see when you can change your deferral or modify your deferral into the plan. The other thing you can check is if you are going to receive a bonus. Can the bonus be contributed to the plan in whole or in part to reach your goal? Some plans only allow changing deferrals on a quarterly basis. That's the case, maybe too late. But if it's monthly, you could still do it first of November or December. Uh, many plans allow you to do it on a per pay period basis, so you just make the change and can max out your contribution for the last eight or ten, nine weeks of the, of the year to hit your goal. And if you're over 50, this is a good chance if you have some cash sitting around that you can take advantage of the catch-up contribution. Absolutely. Get that extra 6000 in there. So, so harvest losses, max out contributions, take RMDs. We cannot emphasize this one enough. Uh, RMD is nothing to do with drugs. It's a required minimum distribution. If you are over age 70 and a half and you have started taking your distributions from your 401k IRA, it's an annual calculation. Uh, right in the name it says it is required. You have to take out a certain amount. Typically that amount is the 1231 balance of the prior year divided by your age and it gives you some sort of amount that you have to take out. Uh, approximate type calculation there. But if you do not take out your RMD. I sense that that's not a good thing. The penalty is 50%. 50%. That is right. 50%. Good guess. <clears throat> so if you don't take it out when you're supposed to, and by the way, the first uh, RMD that you have to take is the year in which you turned 70 and a half. How they came up with that, who knows. But that has to be taken by April 1st, not April 15th, but April 1st, of the year following the year, you turn 70 and a half. And if you wait until that year, then you get to take a second one that year also. I love government work. Isn't it great? If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So RMDs, very important. 50% penalty. That is an unpleasant penalty to have to pay. I am going to skip number four on our list and wrap that up with number 10 when we get to the end. Uh, but number five on our list is use up FSA cash. Folks, if you have an FSA, flexible spending account, this is different than an HSA. An HSA, you can roll the money over that's in the plan into the year 
coming up. So if you have $5,000 sitting around and you haven't used it, you start off the new year with $5,000 in your HSA. In the FSA, the flexible spending account, it is a use it or lose it deal. So if you have a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks sitting in your FSA, get sick. Just get sick, <laughs> go to the doctor and use it up. I would prefer doing a well visit, John, <clears throat> rather than getting sick, but you're right. And there have been some provisions. Uh, I believe you do have, uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe you do have 60 days after the end of the year to go ahead and use that. But, you know, tax law changes constantly. So just make sure that you know when you have to spend it by and get it done. An extra two and a half months to use the funds. There you go. So get sick. Use it up. Mm. Take a little vacation. A staycation. All right. Donate to charity. This that's is, a good one. That's a good one. Well, it's, it's a good thing to do. And there are plenty of great charities in our area. But uh, if you have items, you have cash that you want, you know, you're contemplating, donate it to charity. It helps reduce your taxes and the money goes to a good cause. It's a good way of getting rid of highly appreciated stock. If you potentially inherited some stock and the cost basis uh, went up and it's grown since then, let's say you paid $100 per share for XYZ and now it's worth 200 you have two choices. Uh, you can liquidate it at some point and pay tax on the additional $100 gain. But if you donate the stock to charity, you get a deduction for the value and you don't have to pay the tax and they never do. So uh, yeah. it's a good way of, of making a contribution, getting a deduction and also uh, helping out the charity. Absolutely. I mean, depending on your situation, you could set up a charitable gift account, also known as a donor advised fund. And then you fund that with the appreciated stock and you get some added capital gain tax benefits and a tax deduction. Uh, and everyone benefits. You get to avoid taxes and you get to make a charitable donation and the people, the beneficiaries of the charity will benefit from your generous gift. That's a win-win. That is a win-win. I hate that cliche, but that is a win-win. It's a win-win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got you there, John. Shut up. Okay. Uh, number seven. Review credit scores and review your statements. Holidays get crazy. And this is when evil people in the world decide that they want to steal money from you, fraud, whatever it may be. Keep a good check on your statements. Uh, get your credit report. Make sure everything there you did. You may not like it, or but if it was yours, then... There's nothing you can do about it, but if it's not yours, get it off your report or call your bank and make sure that fraudulent charges are removed. I had a situation where I was here in beautiful southern Illinois and somebody in New York and somebody in New Mexico, for whatever reason, decided to buy a whole lot of sneakers from uh, <laughs> Foot Locker. Because they're sneaky, John. They're ah, very good. Well played. But... Uh, <laughs> The bank called me and said, did you do this? And I said, no, I did not do that. Um, so they stopped the transaction, saved me money, and also got made sure it didn't end up on my credit report. 
So make sure you pay attention to those statements and your credit score during this time of year because it does get hectic and it's something easy to get overlooked. And before you know it, it can be a really bad situation. We can and probably will do an entire show on credit scores in the future. But let me just touch on a few quick things. Uh, credit scores are an interesting animal. They are critical to doing anything. Uh, so many ideas are popping through my head right now. I'll try and enumerate them somewhat. But to build your credit score, you have to utilize credit. Means if you, and I, I talked to a number of college programs uh, here at SIU counseling students on building credit. Don't wait until you graduate from college to get your first credit card. I mean, it may sound like it makes sense, but then if you need to buy a car, you need to rent an apartment, you need to do anything that requires credit and you have none, you are SOL, so to speak. So get a credit card in high school. I, I, I'm a big proponent, and maybe mom and dad will put a limit on it. They'll limit it to $100. Use it to buy gas. But pay it off every month. You know, Don't run a balance. Pay it off uh, as you use it and start building the credit so you have a history because credit scores are predominantly based on history and based upon what you did historically. So do not, do not under any circumstance miss a payment because that's the worst thing you can do to your credit. So always make at least the minimum payment, uh, hopefully pay it off uh, completely. Credit scores today, if you have better than, uh, I was talking to a couple of bankers recently and, and it's moved up. It used to be if you had a score above 650, they thought you were doing pretty good uh, as far as getting the best rates on loans and whatnot. And that's no longer the case. It's about 720, depending on the bank you talk to, anywhere from 700 to 740 or so uh, credit score in order to uh, get the absolute best rate that is available for an interest rate and to get the most amount of, of money that you uh, need. Also, do not cancel old credit accounts. If you have an account that was set up when you were a kid, you haven't used it in 20 years, they still haven't canceled it on you, don't shut it down because that becomes an event on your credit record and it hurts your, your credit score. Uh, do anything you can, just whatever credit you establish, make sure you pay it off on time. The 0% uh, credit uh, opportunities that are out there, you know, you can buy furniture, you can buy a car, you can buy darn near anything and get 0% interest uh, for 12 months, 6 months, 2 years, 5 years. I mean, some of them you buy furniture and you, can't, you don't pay it off for 8 years, you know, which is a little crazy to me. But <clears throat> that does ding your credit score because that is a, an amount that you owe uh, to someone for that. And as long as you pay it off in a timely fashion, it'll help your credit score. But while it's on there, it increases the amount of debt that you have. So your debt ratio uh, may exceed a predetermined amount, which can kill you. Uh, again, we can do a whole show on credit scores, but get your cr free credit report. You can go out uh, and get one free report per year per credit agency. And what I recommend to my clients is do one every four months. Therefore, you're always checking whether it's TransUnion or Equifax uh, or, um, well, what's the third one, John? TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Experian, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, do one every four months so you kind of get a track of, of what's happening with your credit. And as John mentioned, be sure and check your credit cards or debit cards. I, I don't use a debit card. Um, I refuse to use a debit card because it's a direct link to some account that has money in it. 
Typically, from a fraud standpoint, if somebody gets your debit card, they drain your account, you're just out. Uh, I don't know of too many organizations or banks that will give you your money back. So with a credit card, it comes a bill comes in the end of the month. You can review it, make sure all the charges are valid. If not, dispute them. And then you're building your credit. You pay it off every month and uh, helps keep you out of uh, credit jail. So that was your version of a quick? That, that was a quick version. Okay. <laughs> Okay, fair warning, folks, that when we do, we do the show, it'll probably be a two-show. Two-show minimum. There we go. Okay, so that was our quick review of credit scores and statements. Take advantage of an HSA. I do. Okay. HSAs are wonderful. If you have, and this, this thing is all botched up because of Obamacare, sorry, but it is because it affects me personally, and I don't like things that are forced down my throat and affect me personally. Um, How do you really feel? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, but if you have an HSA eligible health plan, and generally I haven't really looked at it recently, but uh, in the past an HSA eligible health plan is one that has what is considered a high deductible and this has no first dollar payment. So you don't have go to the doctor, pay them 20 bucks. You know, go get a prescription, pay them 10 bucks as a copay. Uh, first dollar, so on, on my health plan, we have a high deductible, way more than I would like, but it's all I can afford, and we do not pay anything when we go to the doctor or uh, prescription for well care visits, uh, and we pay everything if we go for any other reason up to our deductible. So if you have an eligible plan, it's first thing to determine, then you can set up an HSA. That's a health savings account, which I fully fund and every year for both my wife and myself so we can put uh, the money away and prefer not to use it because I'm building that to help out when I reach uh, Medicare many years from now. Shut up, John. Uh, and use that money to help offset, word, offset the, the medical costs. You're walking back. Uh, medical costs that you have that are not covered by Medicare or a Medicare supplement. So HSA accounts... Uh, the amount that you can put in, I have that here somewhere. I think it's about $4,350. Sounds about right to me, John. I think it's I know the, close. Two, the 215 numbers are 3350 for singles, 6650 for family with 1000 ketchup. Yeah, there you go, with the ketchup. So I like ketchup. Uh, mustard, too. <laughs> uh, get off the floor, John. All right, so uh, maximize. This is quality radio, folks, right here. <laughs> maximize, if you can, your pre-tax. Uh, that comes off on your 1040 uh, front page. So it's a deduction. It reduces your federal and state tax paid on your income. So we're, my wife and I are putting away over $8,000 a year for future health needs. So I think that's a great one. Use an HSA, almost like an IRA, to help put money away for future benefit. Okay. And... Again, folks, that was our short version on <laughs> HSAs. Prepay where possible. So if you have items such as property taxes, medical bills, uh, even your state tax, and you have the cash now, prepay. Pay it before the end of the year. Pay it before 1231 because those items can be used to offset your federal income tax. That's so, a good idea, now, folks, John. That is a short, concise bullet point. Okay. 
I could that, expound. That was John doing that, but the previous two that pretty much took up our show were Larry doing credit scores and HSAs, but he was passionate about it. I am. So what we have is we have two more left. I'm going to combine number four, which is rebalance your investment portfolio, mm-hmm. and item 10, which is to put on your calendar to do a financial plan in January of the new year. And if you have one, to review it. The last step in a five-step process. Before we do that, let's talk about our coffee today, Larry. Let's talk about our coffee. Today is the creme brulee. I just like saying that. He just likes saying that. And it comes in regular and decaf. And Larry, please tell us about the creme brulee. The creme brulee coffee is available both in regular and decaf. The flavors of this incredibly delicious dessert... It's a dessert coffee. I mean, you got to admit it, John. You know, it's creamy, caramelized, double vanilla custard. It's infused with their finest Arabica coffee. And I like flavored coffee. You didn't know that, did you, John? I had no idea. You, but you were just lucking out because last week we talked about the 89er, which when I bought it, I thought, oh, that's a good hearty coffee, the 89er. And it ended up being more of a dessert coffee. Yeah. <laughs> good Which choice. was very good. Don't get me wrong. It just wasn't what I was expecting when I... And then now we have the creme brulee, and then we're going to be getting into the holiday ones. So it may be a while before I get to have a good stiff cup of coffee. Good, good uh, hard cup, a cup of joe, right, John? But uh, I do like the creme brulee. Actually, uh, I like caramel, so that works well mm-hmm. for me. I do like arabica beans. They are the the softer bean as opposed to the robusto, which you Starbucks then burns and so forth. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. But the creme brulee with the arabica, the softer bean, and the caramel infusion, I like it. I it's a it's a good one for me. Thumbs I, up. I, I yeah, thumbs up definitely. I think I would see this one uh, maybe Thanksgiving would be a good time. You know, maybe uh, on Halloween you're sitting out. Uh, you know, as we do, watch the kids in the neighborhood come by and you know take a look at their costumes and. Uh, well, there's a tradition that's give, faded away. I I know it's been around for a while, but uh, still do, John. We don't get too many kids in our neighborhood. You um, don't. Come no. On, come over to my place. <laughs> we um, buy the candy by the hundreds. <laughs> oh, that's what it, that's what I need. That's what the type one diabetic needs. But yeah. so chef shop. What's the info? Chef Shop is located in the Shooks Plaza next to Target in Edwardsville, Illinois. Phone number 618-659-9840. Nancy and Scott are there, and be sure and mention to them you heard about it on the Financial Cafe because we have a super surprise. Yeah, we have a box of goodies there. For anyone, anyone who mentions that they heard us on the air, phone number 618-659-9840, Chef's dot shop at prodigy.net is the email go by and see them they're 2320 troy road in edwardsville i know john and i love going in there uh they just have so much fun stuff uh for just about anything you know they have that wall of candy and jelly beans and all kinds of crazy flavored jelly beans my son liam who has i can't say a sweet tooth he has a sweet mouth he was in heaven (laughs) when we were in there the other day so all right so to wrap it up Number four is rebalance the portfolio, and item 10 was put on your calendar to do a financial plan in January of the new year. And as Larry mentioned, if you already have one, you already have all your statements out from year end, go ahead and update the plan. It's a great time to say, okay, where am I at? Where do I want to go? And how do I get there um, from point A to point B? 
If you don't have a plan, this is a great time to have one done because if you don't have a plan, the likelihood of you succeeding in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish is pretty remote. How much time do we have, sir? Oh, we have about seven minutes left. Seven minutes. So uh, it's key that uh, you have a plan put together. Well, planning is all about, and I mentioned this time and time and time again because it is true, you have to have a written plan. It has to have specific time frames and specific objectives. Uh, you have to implement the plan, and then last step, as we're recommending today, you have to review it and update it because ask yourself the questions. You know, is my plan still solid? Have my, my dates for retirement changed? Has there been any change in, in health or welfare or a family situation? Do you have to make special arrangements? You know, do you have the uh, everything, including your will, uh, your powers of attorney for health care and for durable goods? Do you have a trust if that is required in your particular situation? Is it updated? Those are all things that go into the financial plan, and those are all things that we do with our clients. It's not for our clients. It's with our clients because it is a participative type of uh, involvement so we can help them to reach their goals and objectives. See what the market did. You know, is your investment strategy meeting your objectives? Is, did it keep you on track uh, as to where you think you uh, should be at this point in time? And or should you make some changes uh, to accommodate for what's going on in the world? Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing going on right now, John. Not today. Recall that would uh, yeah make me change the way I do things. And rebounds in a portfolio is the prudent way to invest. Investing is so counterintuitive. The the adage buy low, sell high. Uh, most investors do it the other way where they say, oh, this is going up, I want to get in. By that point, you've probably missed 75% of the run-up. You buy it, it then goes down, inevitably it, will, inevitably it will go down. Then you say, this is a bummer, and you sell it, so you just bought high and sold low, and then you're going to be harvesting losses at the end of the year on that investment strategy because you will have losses. What you want to do... What rebalancing the portfolio does is the assets that are overweighted or have done well, you're going to sell. So now you're selling high. You're going to take those proceeds and buy into the assets that have not done as well or have gone down in value, and you're buying low. It's just the prudent way to, uh, to invest. Unfortunately, emotions drive so much of investment decisions why it is why it helps to work with an advisor. And, and take the emotion out of those types of decisions. We are non-emotional. We have no emotion, folks. We have no emotion, none, none at all. Um, so we can, if you believe that one, um, we can help you to do what's right, do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons to make sure that you are on track because that old adage, if you follow the plan, the five-step plan, you have a 90% or better chance of reaching your goal and objective, whatever it happens to be. I will interject at this point that I would suggest if you have been working for a while, at least five to 10 years, uh, or many more, if you have not signed up and signed in on the Social Security website, I would advise you to do that. Uh, they like you to do that. Uh, you go in, it takes maybe- Big brother watching. Big brother, yeah. It, it takes maybe five to eight minutes, but you go into uh, socialsecurity.gov 
and you um, sign in, they're going to ask you some off-the-wall questions. So to make sure it's you, they might ask you, uh, you know, out of the following five streets, which one did you live on as a uh, you know child? Uh, have you ever had an account with bank A, B, C, or D? Have you ever driven a car uh, and give you four or five cars and you have to pick the one that you owned at some point? So they know a lot about you already. They know everything. They know pretty much everything. So once you sign up, the good news is it allows you to access your Social Security statement. And I want to tell you to look at it to make sure that the wages that are being reported are indeed the wages that you have been paid. I find uh, in the past as much as 10% of the time uh, a client will have wages that he earned and paid FICA and Medicare on, and it was never reported properly to Social Security. It's a lot easier to fix as you go than it is, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later. I had one uh, client recently who's getting ready to retire, and we looked at his uh, Social Security. He tried to, in fact, he tried to log on as I advised him, and it, uh, uh, it, it exited the system, would not let him log on, said he, you know, he didn't answer the questions, whatever, just would not give him access to his account. He eventually, uh, after some prodding from me, that's that financial planner in me, went to Social Security office, made an appointment, went over there. They pulled up his account. They discovered that about 10 years ago, he had lost his Social Security card. He put in a request for a new one, which he did indeed receive. But at the same time, during the process, while they were uh, sending him out a new one and, and whoever processed his request uh, changed his social security number by one digit. And everything since then has not been reporting to him. Uh, it's just kind of been in limbo. So he did Someone get Someone else got a nice surprise. He, yeah, he did get it corrected. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it took a visit to the social security office and now his uh, wages are accurate because remember, they look at 35 years of wages. So think about that. You know, if you start working at age 20 and, you know, you're going to retire at age uh, 65, you have 45 years working. So they give you a, they give you a pass on 10 of them, maybe your earliest uh, wage earning years. But every other year under Social Security, your wages are factored into determining your final benefit. So him having lost 10 years could have had a significant impact because they were his highest earning years. Uh, in terms of his benefit, and a lot easier to do that prior to submitting for uh, retirement than it is after you submit for retirement. Just one of those one of those th cues. So check it out. If you have problems, contact Larry. It's L Lexo L L E X O W at Nickel Financial and I C O L Financial dot com or Jay Graney at Nickel Financial dot com. Thanks again to WSIE, Steve Jankowski, to Daryl, and everybody who helps us out here. In fact, just getting in the studio sometimes is uh, a challenge. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Um, but we appreciate you listening. Stop by the chef shop. Tell them you heard the Financial Cafe on WSIE, 88.7 The Sound. And next week we will come back with more exciting shows. But we expect you to uh, go get your gift and uh, stop by uh, the office or the studio or send us an email and let you know. Let us know what you uh, thought about it in the process. <coughs> Thank you.
You've been listening to The Financial Cafe, airing every Saturday at 9 a.m. on 88.7 WSIE The Sound. Today's show is underwritten by The Chef Shop in Edwardsville, your hometown kitchen accessory store, where a good cup of coffee starts every day right. Listeners are invited to send your questions regarding retirement, investments, or any other financial topic that may pique your interest. Send the questions to John at jgraney at nickelfinancial.com or to Larry at llexo at nickelfinancial.com. John and Larry will discuss those questions each week during their Q&A session. If you prefer, they will respond to you in private. Thanks for listening to The Financial Cafe on 88.7 WSIE The Sound.